0: It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program. So just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. Hey, what's
1: up, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode, another evening, another Mic'd Up I'm your host, Mika Gadston. I'm broadcasting live from Workshop, the food court that's located here at 1503 King Street. Uh yeah, this is the Ohm uh, radio uh, studio. So I'm um, happy to be back in the studio today. I know last week I think um yeah, pre recorded a um a dope interview with Mariah Parker, the former uh commissioner of, uh not former, excuse me, the current commissioner of Athens, Clark. Uh, county, um, also known as Lingua Franca, she performed a couple of weeks ago at the Royal American. So that interview was dope. If you want to check it out, you can also you will always check out our um, previous episodes on Mixcloud. Uh, that's set up through the radio station, uh, and also you can listen to Mike up on Ohm and some additional content from me. Maybe some things that are off the cuff or supplemental. Uh, supplemental shows or information you can find that uh, on SoundCloud. Uh, look up Charleston Activist Network and also on iTunes and probably wherever you can, wherever you can um, find, you know, you know, podcast. So yeah, I'm um, back in studio. Uh, I originally wanted to just make this show all about grassroots organizing and um, like a recap of the eight-day uh, South Carolina uh, Black Voters Matter bus tour that took place. Uh, prior to the uh, the primary, the primary that was held on February 29th, Saturday, I was going to do that, uh, but of course, what has taken over my life and many of the lives of those listening um, has been the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, Rona, as we call it in Black community, we call it Rona. Um, yeah, it's it's been gnarly. It's been it's been a, a wild ride and. I really, really, really wanted to just make sure that I gave some time to that. So today we definitely will do um, a little bit of that. I I, I mined for and found some dope content. Let me stop calling everything dope. I found some content. um, I've been reading the heck out of newspapers. I currently probably have three digital subscriptions, and I always pick up a copy of the Post and Courier whenever I kind of can, especially on days where I have a show. So um, I have tons of content. I want to just give a shout out to the very capable writers um, at the Post and Courier who have been covering uh, the coronavirus and our local government's uh, response to that. I've been holding our government to to account on my platforms, which aren't massive platforms, but um, I've been posing questions and things like that. And we'll get to that maybe after, a little bit later, probably the second half of the show. But today, what I wanted to do was, um, in lieu of that recap of the primary and where we stand politically and the Democratic nomination and Trump coming coming to North Charleston the day before Democratic primary, instead of getting into all that, I actually just want to connect with folks on the ground because as a lot of, of my friends and my peers and colleagues, those who are in movement work, always remind me, um, you know, the national election is a thing. It's a big deal. But there are so many things taking place on the ground. Um, like I say, off of 95, off of 26. Um, <laughs> and I see uh, my guest is, is logging on early. Let me unmute my mic. Hey, Taisha, can you hear me? Yeah. You're, yeah, I know hand. you're a little early. If if you wanna mute your mic real quick, I don't know. Well, you're on a okay. you're on a landline, correct?
0: No, you want me to call back on a landline? No,
1: line? no, you're fine. I just wanna just get through what I was just saying, but just listen in and I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to you real quick. <laughs> okay. Um let me unmute my mic and yeah. So um yeah, instead of uh of talking about um, you know, the the national election. I wanted to bring it back to the grassroots. I wanted to connect. And you just heard the voice of, of someone who I've been dying to speak with and, and sit with, sit in community with and organize with. Her name is Taisha Aiken. Taisha is a resident of Carlton County, um, but I'm not going to take up too much time in describing her to you. Uh, I wanted to dedicate 30 minutes of today's show to, to listening to Taisha to and to hearing her story. And um, why it was important was because, again, we get lost in the national discussion in and around politics, and we forget the people on the ground actually mobilizing their communities um, and I also um, I dedicate I'm going to dedicate this year to legitimizing and uplifting the work of a lot more grassroots organizers like Taisha that I know are in Sumter County that are in Berkeley County that are in these little rural pockets that often get forgotten so um, Taisha if you can hear me let's go ahead and start yeah. hey thank you for joining me <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me. Yeah. yeah. So this is your first time on Mic'd Up. Don't be scared or nothing like that. I'm going to turn your mic up.
0: I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> I said earlier, I've <laughs> never done it before, but it's okay. First time for everything. Yeah. But again, you pretty much summed it up for me. You know, yeah. Taisha, who I am. Yeah. Yeah. from the country. So just pretty much, I'm from um, Rock Bend. A lot of people don't know. It's a rural area in Calita County, about 12 miles outside of the city limits. So um, just to give you a perspective, it's rural, very rural, no street lights, no uh, stoplights, no stores. We just got a family dollar uh, maybe a year ago. So just to to give you a mind of what I'm saying, no street lights, no stoplights, I mean that that's probably the nearest 15, 20 miles away before there's a light. So, yeah, Yeah. that's the area that
1: we (laughs) are. Yeah, and you said city limits. What city are you talking about specifically? Uh oh, Walterboro. Yeah, Walterboro. Yeah. Walterburg. Oh, so that's some mm-hmm. yeah, that's a city that most people if you're not familiar where where she is specifically. And I and I did ride through uh, your town for the first time in my life and you're right, I saw the family dollar immediately. Um, and d- didn't mm-hmm. see any grocery stores or thing other things like that. Um, and you, you actually, Taisha looked out for me. You wanted to make sure that I could have phone reception and that I could meet somewhere convenient, but, um, I like going off the beaten path and that's kind of where I live out on Wadman Law as well. Wadman Law's out the way. Um, it's not quite like Ruffin, but it has some similarities to it, but, um, let me just ask you, um, so just tell, share with folks just a little bit about yourself as much as you want to share about who you are and why you, or, or what you do currently in Collison County.
0: Um, pretty much uh, I am a mother of three, uh, one deceased at the heart transplant, a little girl. Um, I did some time in the military, the army, um, and pretty much now, the reason that I'm doing the work that I am doing um I had the pleasure of meeting moye Mo Baha, and um when the Charleston nine and Walter Scott um, happened down in Charleston. And, that's when I actually uh, started putting boots on the ground. And being that I was in Charleston, and really didn't know too many people. I was an outsider, um, still connected with a lot of great people, um, but still didn't have find my place. So I came back home where you know I know everybody, and this is where I'm born and raised at. And I said, you know, if I can make a difference um, other places, even when I went out to uh, St. Louis for the Mike Brown anniversary, I, I wanted to go and see what people were doing. And to bring it back here so that's what really started me to saying you know <clears throat> maybe I need to get involved and maybe I need to come to my home and change home before I can be out other places because there's a lot of things that's happening here in Collison, Collison County that's been happening for decades but no one's ever you know really addressed it or or um, even mentioned it because of the retaliation and the um, retribution as far as the uh, cops and you know wow. just different things that they know that they're not going to be able to uh, handle because things happen like myself, you know, being kidnapped um, after I started uh, becoming vocal and being vocal in the community is not a good thing because you become a target, especially here when you're off the radar you know, Mm, um, threats and stuff like that. So that's why I pretty much got involved. And not only just my main thing is I have two young kings myself Mm. who um, I I don't want to be shot down. I don't want them Mm. to be shot down because they was at a church. I don't want them to be shot down just because of the color of their skin. Mm. So I'm out here because I want to also make sure that my children, not just my children, but our future are protected and they know how to, you know, move (laughs) without
1: being targeted. I mean, you, you just breeze through so much. Um, again, um, and I hope you believe me when I say this. I'm always in awe when you speak. Um, just meeting you, like I've, meeting people who are authentic is one thing, but your personal story, you kind of rattled off very quickly. I don't know if folks caught it, but you mentioned a recent issue with um, you were kidnapped and also you lost a child. Um, I just want to know that living in the area where you are right now, how did you get through those really really tough times and, and are you okay right now?
0: Um for the most part my mental um you know like I said even with the kidnapping and to know that the guy charges were dropped and you know cuz again they all in cahoots together and and knowing that um the resources are limited with even with my daughter but being that I have a, a very very strong um family and we grew up to be close knit so um with that and my relationship with who I am and knowing who God is um that that helped that helped me a lot but far as the resources and being here it takes a it takes a lot for a woman especially who has lost a child to even begin to pick up the pieces you know and then to be kidnapped because you're being vocal or because you're putting out information that's facts you know it's just it's, it's things like that that would deter you you know people you've been kidnapped and you still out here because that's what they wanted me to do is to shut down and silence me but that's not going to happen you know okay. it's not going to happen so the inner the, the drive that I have inside of me is to keep, continue fighting because if I stop, you know, my ancestors, they fought and they fought and they never gave up. Some of them, you know, we don't hear about them, we don't talk about them, but I know there they are ancestors that fought and they didn't just lay down or
1: turn you, other the other And I'm one of those ones that's uh, come not on, going to just turn my Come other. on, I talk about this all the time. <laughs> I say, you know, especially in Charleston, they love to teach us a history like of like the docile affable slave that just was happy if they didn't you know buck or nothing like that but we know that there was a thing called resistant bondage where we broke curfews mm-hmm. we ran away we planned uh, revolts um, we had jemmy we had denmark vc we had all types of revolutionary folks and i do believe mm-hmm. that it's that blood that's running in you and where you're at is so much of our history there so it's no doubt that you came from some some um great ancestral like just magic um and kudos to you and let me ask you something like that you mentioned retribution and revenge and whatnot and that how that might impact how you've been treated tell me what it is what is it that you're speaking up about that you think folks like the powers that be folks in power what do you think you're speaking up about that's making folks come after you?
0: Um, Pretty much overall, the corruption that has uh, lie within our community, the corruption has been here for so long. So when people start addressing that, such as, for example, the sheriff with the latest with him and you know, being a drug dealer, selling Adderall's. What's, what's his name? Uh,
1: you know. What's
0: his name? What's um, his name? Andy Scricklin. They call him R.A. Scricklin, but his name is Andy Strickland, is where he went by. But it's Robert Anderson Scricklin is uh, his name. And he's, uh, you know, just had the 15 counts, you know, from public corruption to embezzlement. And that's just, that that's not even a portion. I'm not even going to say a portion. Not even a third of what's going on in Collison County. That just happened to happen when that domestic violence charge, which is the sheriff I'm talking about, just got that domestic violence charge, and he used to be his wife. But this was the girlfriend, so all the stuff that I was saying on Facebook and making people aware, you know, I was just a crazy girl. I was just a girl that was around here that had a personal vendetta against the sheriff, and it wasn't about that. Regardless, that she's still a woman, and she was getting beat. And speak of that, we don't even have a shelter that's open for battered women and children anymore because wow. our county and our city feels like we can give money to animal shelters, but not the city. Not enough money to keep our shelters open where women who are battered with their children can go we don't even have a place for so the, the resources and it goes back a lot of women know that so if they get beat they know that there's no, no place for them to go Wow. there's nobody for them to call when the sheriff is beating his girlfriend or his wife how can you call a police department so,
1: so that that gross that gross uh abuse of power where i, I i'm actually like like i didn't know the whole I, I forgot about the girlfriend thing i think you put me on game with that so we have this person mm-hmm. who has been brought up on charges and still has his job mm-hmm.
0: Well, actually, you know, the governor um, removed him after um, everything hit the news, you know, and it was full force then. But before it was just a a CDV, and he went and got Andy Savage and, you know, uh, but then after the attorney general um, um, released the documents saying it was 15 counts of um, where they were indicting him on. Then it was, oh, you know, it's more stuff. So if they continue to dig and continue to dig, the whole county will be upside down oh, because wow. the public corruption <laughs> within our whole county is all they are connected. It's all you know, the dots are starting to connect only if they continue to dig. Right. And I was the person just putting the information out there, and that's why they were coming after me. Police sitting in my driveway, police sitting. And this is stuff that I always share on Facebook when they sit there, you know, just harassing stuff, just little stuff to intimidate me, and that's the intimidate intimidation tactics that they use for people who decide to use their voice and stand up. And it's not like I'm trying to stand up and start a war, but I'm just standing up to let people be aware of what's going on here in our county. We got a Confederate monument right in front of our courthouse, but when we want to have that conversation, we always get shut down. Wow.
1: Wow. And we understand that those monuments do serve as like reminders of terror. And it sounds like you're being terrorized mm-hmm. every day. Can I ask you a question? You um, you said that you should have been a journalist. You already are one. You are a citizen journalist like me. But let me ask you, how do you find this information? <laughs> Is this just like information you find publicly or what? Is this in the news?
0: Yeah. You know, since I got back um, home, I have a lot of uh, people don't realize that. I have a lot of relationships, and I won't call their names because they will be fired, but right. I have a lot of relationships with people that's in places, whether it's on law enforcement or whether it's in the um, county council or city council or wherever it may be. It's always a connection, and people know that um, because of the work that I have done, not because of me putting it on Facebook, but just seeing me out and with books on the ground, people confide in me. They'll call me. They want to meet. They will message, and, and all of them don't look like me, Just just knowing that people know that, oh, this is going to be a person, and it's, it's kind of scary because they know, and most of the people that work for the county or in the school district or law enforcement, they're not going to speak out because it's that much weight on their shoulders knowing that they will be retaliated against or that something bad will happen, whether it's their kids or what, and they know this. So they're not going to speak up. But they feel like because I know a lot of people or because a lot of people who follow my page, if something does happen, and I always say this, they know, oh, look at the holies. The first thing they'll say is look at the holies. Wow. <laughs> so that kidnapping they all say, oh, it was a black guy, but it was somebody that
1: I knew. So of course, they'll always send somebody who they think, Right, you, you can trust. Right, right, yeah. I think that's um that's something we learned from. If anybody studies Co Intel, Pro or any black movements that ever yep. taking place, um, they always infiltrate. I know everyone's watching that um, Malcolm X documentary on on Netflix, and mm-hmm. a lot of inside yep. folks that took Mal, uh, Malcolm down and Martin, from, from what I think, not yep. to, not to get in conspiracies, yep. but, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, this is amazing. So, um, so you're out here fighting the good fight and you're exposing things. It was funny. Um, not funny. But, like, funny that I saw, um, you know, South Carolina sheriffs, one of them that's running for, I guess, running for sheriff? Uh, a law mm-hmm. enforcement officer yep. on, uh, featured on HBO on John Oliver's last week tonight. And I was, like, dying because it's, it's so, South Carolina, again, making headlines for the wrong reasons. But what, mm-hmm. what, can you tell folks about that sheriff that was recently featured on last week tonight and how crazy that situation is?
0: <laughs> so, apparently, um. Uh... He was calling himself getting ahead of the media because um, <laughs> he knew that his ex boss was going to put it out there. So whatever Halloween party that he attended at his turf, uh, you know, whatever, he decided that he said that he was dressed like a, a drug dealer, you know, big meach, whatever. But it was supposed to be a blackface, And then yeah. he didn't apologize. And this is the thing to to my people. He didn't apologize. He said he just wanted to get ahead of it. And he's not going to apologize. He
1: just wanted to put it out there. He didn't see anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So it's just in a clear message of where he stands. What, what's his name again? Yes, Irvinder. Yeah, I saw his signs yes. all yes. throughout your town, like coming up to your house. Oh yeah. and I'm like, and you can it- see all like.
0: You see them all, and guess what? None of them comes in the community. They'll put the signs at the end of the road, but they will not come into the community. <laughs> You're right. You're <laughs> no. right.
1: Yeah. And and you know, um, let's take it back a little bit. Speaking of that, because there's a literal like line in your or, like around your community. You mentioned when I met with you, there's train tracks uh, near where you reside, and you said that like, I believe it was your great grandmother, um, told you the mm-hmm. history of those like. And I saw it with my own eyes. I saw. Train tracks, and then I saw white families back there. Tell me more about like where that line is between black and white.
0: Um, pretty much the railroad tracks were the indicator that okay, that's it, that's your, the gun line. That was the gun line, pretty much. Because wow. my great grandma, who passed away at 92 93 always said like even um, growing up, you know, they were not allowed to cross those tracks. And to this day, we have whites on one side and blacks on the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's a friendly way when you go by whatever. Because, but far as uh, Walking around the neighborhood, we can do that. But back then, you cannot walk on that side of the track. So every chance I get, I get on my bike or I walk around because back then my great grandmother couldn't do that. Mm. But um, as you saw the Confederate flag at the end of the road, like these are things that segregation and we, I'm living in it. <laughs> I'm really living in it, you know. So yeah. um, if people don't know, I still live down a dirt road if mm. that 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 don't that the state will barely. I mean, the county don't want to have do nothing with. So. Um. The potholes. So you you saw it. Yeah. you saw where I was yeah. at the railroad track. So pretty much just to let you know, it's
1: still segregated. It's just one side is the blacks and the other side is the whites Yeah. You said it was the still Jim Crow still there that sat with me. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, most yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely, especially it, in our schools. Yeah. Oh. It, it it looked like that, and uh, just mentioned in school. So you also are a volunteer with the local school system.
0: Yes, I um, volunteer with the um, of County School District just as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much. Don't do all of the schools. I go in, um, but the middle school is our main focus right now because we got like th- maybe 12, 1300 kids in one school and we only have one middle school. So our biggest, uh, a lot of our problems, the overcrowdedness, a lot under, uh, understaffed, underpaid teachers. So we got a lot of our main issues are at the middle school where you got, um, six elementary schools. That's sending fifth grade classes to one school and all coming from different backgrounds. Even though we're still in the same county, you got some coming from predominant white. You got some coming from predominant black, rural, not just Walterburg, So that's our main thing. So when I volunteer, I just volunteer to try to help out the middle school much as I can. Even though I don't have a child at the middle school, I just know that's where the most uh, critical area is right now is at the middle school. So, yeah, I volunteer uh, my time at the middle school yeah. just trying to be an extra set of eyes you know yeah. to help out much yeah. as
1: I can and you mentioned how like class sizes is, is is really out of control what other uh issue if you if you are at liberty to share a little bit but what other challenges do students I know you're a mother you have two kids currently in public mm-hmm. schools um but what mm-hmm. other challenges do like kids like your your children face
0: um, well, you know, when it first uh, began, we like I said, we had we had two high schools and two middle schools, but the the distance, you know, again because we're in the rural area. I remember when it first uh, they first combined the schools, children were getting on the bus. It was dark, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and had to be transported an hour. You know, it wouldn't take an hour to get there, but just because of the route and being so long, the kids would be on the bus for an hour and a half, almost two hours, and some of them would be longer than that. Ooh. So, um, I know far as my kids and I do car rider with my um, youngest. And my older son is old enough now, you know, old enough now to drive, but um just different stuff even with the uniforms. Like we had this big thing uh 2 years ago when the kids were were pretty much being targeted uh because of the, they were not in uniform. They were wearing jeans and not just my child because it, the the uniforms Oh, oh I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I'm sorry.
1: Hold on one second. I'm messing around with my computer and then I played something. I'm so sorry. i keep going the school uniforms. I'm apologizing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah but they um they started um um suspending kids, which was just my child. But because I was vocal about it, and before you knew it, the next year they had uh, put jeans in there. Um, so it's just different things like our school district was focusing on instead of the, the, all the schools failing, like all of our schools are failing. So they were focusing on, on uniforms and what kids should look like versus let's educate these kids and let's how should we educate them. So um, then, you know, we just lost a superintendent who our board except uh, the exception of one who uh, gave a superintendent this outstanding evaluation and um, his salary was $210,000. And then he turned in, um, matter of fact, maybe a week after uh, his evaluation, he decides that he no longer wants to be with our district. And we had to pay him out $120,000. Now we have an intern. So just different uh, issues like that we face. uh, We get superintendents that's not not from here that come in and do things like raise our taxes, but they don't pay taxes. So stuff like that, I was challenging and um, going out to Columbia for teachers, standing up for teachers, you know, increase uh, the pay and uh, smaller class sizes. So Things like that, just being very active. And a lot of people say, you always at everything, but just trying to make the people aware and keep them informed of what's going on and what we need to do to make the shift happen in and County as a whole.
1: Yeah, and, and so that means also that not just the local um, law enforcement and not just within the school systems, you're also very vocal with some of our elected officials. Um, and again, share with, what you're comfortable with sharing, but like, what has that fight looked like for you in terms of how did you engage, uh, let's say, state reps or even... Congress people, like, have you have to take it that far? Uh, how do you make noise and get their attention?
0: Oh well, you know everybody knows social media. And <laughs> I, I'm the type of person I don't. I'm not like Miss Bill say we don't call people out, we call them forward. And uh, so what I would do is I'll just tag them. You know, Margie. She unfriended me on Facebook, so <laughs> I can't do that no more. Oh, you're, talk- you're talking about <laughs> so Mar- Margie Bright. Um, yeah, yeah, Margie I'll yeah, I'll send her her. So she unfriended yeah. me. I guess it got a little too hot for her yeah. after the uh, incident that happened with, um, you know, the Now You're Right yeah. and the Derrick Smith situation. So, right. Um, But as far as Justin Bamberg, I've reached out to him. I will say that he will respond sometime. But when it's hot topics, he, he kind of, you know, kind of not want to be in the hot hot seat so mm-hmm. and i call them forward you know even with the rules, the rural roles and things like that and and it got to the point where they won't respond and i always say you know they're like the officials vote them out and even to the point where i wrote my name and um under justice on last election oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah. yeah yeah because uh you know when people are not challenged or feel like you know that seat is won and no one ever challenged them then that's what we get, you know. We just allow them to go without accountability, and we keep getting the same results.
1: Wow. And so, yeah, you mentioned the death of um young Renaya Wright. That was the young, the young student. Um, I forget what grade Rania was in. She was a baby though. Fifth grade. Uh, fifth grade. Fifth grade, grade yeah. Um, mm-hmm. gotten a uh, little, little shoving match with a classmate and sustained some sort of head trauma and and died. Um, and still don't really have that much closure on that at all. Um and right, th- and then right. you mentioned also the the it was the murder by police. Um what was the gentleman's name?
0: Um, Derek Smith, twenty two Dar- year old Derrick Smith, mm-hmm. right. yeah. a soldier. Right,
1: a vet like you. And um it seems those things yeah. that like that was in the news cycle for like a minute. The fact that I even forgot his yep. name and, and I know you already reminded me the other day, but it's it's crazy how these black bodies and these black lives don't really matter um enough to really, you know, give people pause and you know, it's it's I'm so happy that you are engaging your elected officials the way you are because they work for you so they're supposed to be on the Mm -hmm. hot seat they get they get so much privilege and notoriety when they do something right um they need to be held accountable like i'm holding mayor teckenberg accountable um for the second part of the show um regarding the coronavirus um response and um i know i'm going to get unfriended too that's what i'm i'm used to it too um but but um i admire you i admire you sis i really do let me ask you something how do you what would you say um before we 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 um hang up but what would you say to someone that's another taisha or another mika who's somewhere rural or somewhere just in the state and they want to um you know guess be in movement work or become an activist or use their voice like what what advice would you have for someone who wants to challenge um corruption um no fear
0: Mm. you can't have no fear yeah. you can't have no fear um you know even, <laughs> even with, even with two
1: piece. kids though like you still like even. yeah
0: because you know what and i and this is something i always tell uh, my family and my kids know like their mama is a fighter mm. you know yeah from from military from um even being a warrior from city um um criminal domestic violence with domestic violence at the time in the military wow. um well, wild yep. and yep. no, no help from jag so i always tell people you know even with your inner you always fight in a and the the true saying is you know stand for something or fall for anything I'm going to stand. I don't. I'm going to stand whether I'm bl- with blood and what we say—blood, sweat, tears, and cheese. <laughs> tears. <laughs> blood, sweat, tears, and cheese. And yeah. only a few people know what that means. Yes. But yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I'm just going to have to keep fighting because you know, if I don't fight, guess what? My kid's not going to know how to fight. Right. So I have to keep keep fighting and let them know. And not just for me to fight when it's time for something goes wrong with them or any children, but just to let our children know how to because we're not going to always be here. So.
1: Don't have no fear, yeah. right I, think, I no think, fear, yeah, right. I think a lot of people are are counting on us to have fear that's how they that's how they get us, that's how they get us to submit, and like you said, the more you speak out, you're speaking out more than maybe the average person, and they were so used to to us. Being so busy with so many fires, right? We busy putting out, you know, trying to find a house that we can afford, trying to find a good job, trying to make sure we have access to health care. Um, they try to, you know, they try to bury us with oppression, but you you, you got time for them, looks like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh yes. yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank you. So thank you. Just- yeah. Hopefully we, we, hopefully, we continue to work and um, support you. And, and first of all, keep you safe. Because that's, that's on my mind right now is keeping you safe. But I think the louder you talk, the more people know. And that, you know, so if something mm-hmm. does happen, you're going to have some, some big yeah. support behind you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I encourage all women, especially women that look like me, mm. go get to CWP. I did it. It's, What's I that? Did it What's right that? Now, so I did it right after all Listen, um, concealed weapons permit. Yeah, get license to carry because mm. it's so many, and and it's all systematic because they take our black men away, whether they're killing them or whether we're killing ourselves or whatever. They put them in a prison. The the black man is not out here anymore to protect us, so we have to protect ourselves and our children because they're taking away them. And when they take away them and they take away us, guess what? It leaves them to do attack our children. Mm-hmm. So we have to, as women. I know it's like, oh my my. Listen, it's not no time for that. It's no time to fear. Learn and learn it properly. Get the proper, uh, you know, gate, the safety, gun safety, and, and learn how to carry and learn how to be alert. So if you have to use it, it won't be no you freezing up because what's gonna happen is they're targeting us. Mm-hmm. They're coming after us. They didn't got all the men, so they're coming after us, and we have to stay alert, stay alive, military model.
1: Yeah, you know. So that's what yeah. We're gonna do. <laughs> and I and I think that I know that might be a topic that people might not understand, but um you being someone again that was the victim of a kidnapping, um you facing the like you said uh former uh, a survivor of domestic violence, um myself having to deal with some issues here in Charleston. Um you, me, Vivian and some other women we've been talking about this. We need to protect ourselves and um, ain't yeah. nobody gonna do it but us, cause that's that's all we got. Yeah. Well, um, thank you yeah. so thank you so much. I'm gonna go ahead and, and and we're gonna sign off this conversation, but you know, you and I will be talking very very soon. So thank you so much for the definitely, definitely. time. Thank you so much, Queen. All right, bye. you have a good one. All Thanks. right, bye bye. All right, so that was Taisha Aiken, y'all. Um, just someone who I'm I'm just getting to know, and I'm drawing so much inspiration from. Um. Yeah, just so much inspiration from, and um, you know she's out and you know largely exposed, largely exposed to um, white supremacist white supremacist uh, violence, largely exposed to um, who like everything. Um, you know, uh, just attempts on her life. You heard the, she's kind of cavalier, but don't let that fool you. Like I think people think you know hear her like not nonchalant, but like they they hear her affect and think that hey she's okay but I think we need to make sure that we always look out for and protect people like Taisha. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say protect people like me because quite honestly, uh things get hairy out here. Um I haven't been doxxed yet, but I've been approached by um neo-confederates or neo-nazis or whatever you call them i'm not trying to conflate the two but the two do tend to traffic in the same circles here in charleston especially regarding protecting these monuments um so i've i've been a target of them um and and quite uh, recently i I started the show recapping or revisiting um the mariah parker aka frank Uh, franca lingua franca um, performance and at that show i abruptly had to leave um i had to leave with my black voters matter uh colleagues because there was a threat there were red flags going off where someone was tracking my movements inside the venue and i mean it's real and i had a long exhaustive talk with a member of our security detail and um, you know, that conversation of concealed carry came up and I know right now a lot of folks are fighting, you know, uh I think common sense gun legislation. So I don't think that most people who are advocating for um common sense uh gun legislation are anti gun. They just want to make sure that, you know, we don't need AR fifteens. We don't need you to be able to just walk up to a, a gun show and just pick up a gun like you would, you know, a pair of sneakers at, at a store, you know. Um we want common sense measures in place. And I'd be more than willing to go through whatever process it took to keep not just myself safe, but to keep others safe around me, for me to learn how to be a responsible and safe gun owner. Um, but that's just the conversation I've been having, to be honest with you. It's been it's been really um a, a whirlwind 2020 already. Um, and it's it's sad that, you know, black women's bodies are kind of seen as disposable. Um, you know we're kind of we're seen as, as like I think the reason why Taisha faces so much so many challenges and so many amazingly like bizarre challenges is because her body is is largely deemed to be um, not a value but sh- like she mentioned before and I wrote it down she has a, a huge family she has a strong family and there's a lot of people she couldn't mention Thank- and, and I'm grateful um, I'm grateful to her for sharing what she could share because the last thing I want to do is put Put her at risk but um you know she she has a family and when I went to visit her in Ruffin I was able to see you know her two sons and um you know I got a sense of who she is to them albeit brief but I got a sense of who she was to them and um you know what it is to rely on your immediate family and the extended family that is your community um also too just moving down and not to say that I got so much um so many uh familiarities or similarities to Taisha, but moving down to um to Wadmala approximately six years ago, um, I was able I, I chose to live in a rural setting. I chose to live someplace um, you know, we don't have a mayor per se. We don't have a mayor on Wadmalaw. We are of the county. Um Margie Bright is one of my representatives. Um and, and yeah, so it, it it's it's um it's very, very insulated. It's still predominantly black, but uh, the di- the demographics of Wadmalaw um are changing, quite abruptly, um quite quite quickly. Uh so but I know what it is to live in a rural community where your neighbors know your car, they know your name, they know your daddy, they know your granddaddy, and how all that um how all that how that network works to save or to keep people safe. Um, so I'm I'm well familiar with that. Let me see if I can find some um some music to play that is clean. Um yeah, I'm gonna take a quick break and then like kind of reset if I can. Here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna play some. I think it's still up. Yeah, I'm gonna play a little bit of gold link. I always play gold link. Alright. This is gold link. Yeah.
2: of my why don't make a million for all my children I don't make a million for all my all my better what's the back on my man on the beat when i ride we gon' slide got a whole dmv on my side treated with b- to side my line the way that the man hold team like a band og with a pen trying to smash the band i can escape and break the glass to hand y'all n***s going go to pack the men the it's clickety The fact is, word around is, it don't matter. Just a viper, head on the silver platter. My goons will catch up, don't ask no questions. When we in the zone, it's pure reaction. Shawty hella dick and got an accent. Might have to whip and whip and gas it. No time for it, so I lean. I get lean, lean. Jubber with a blacked out seat to the top, top free. I get cheese, 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 feather, cheese. up, you ain't never seen. I get windows tinted, canning, painted, engine, revving, gone, gone, oh, flip. I keep it pimpin', I keep quite a distance from so stay on the jaw. Better was a back of my many, yeah. Better was a back of my many, yeah. But I make a million, million for all my children. But I make a million, million for all my all my Better was a back of my many, yeah. Better watch a back of my many, yeah. But I make a million, million for all my children. But I make a million, million for all my I move two times and the shadow d- miss, but the hit's kinda opposite. With the sh- my style so effortless. I crank too hard, I might just take b- it Shine too hard, I even shine in the dark. No shots on d how am a whole team want a dog. I don't wanna wanna f- ball, I don't even spur to the mall. So 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 this so that look. I don't wanna talk about a dog scene, fiend scene, death scene, shine scene, this scene, that look. I don't wanna talk about a dog. I miss Matt cause he a maniac and I'm a maniac and an it's the and they shoot the chopper, I just take the chopper now and if I have to, I would check this chopper down. Better watch bank, a bank on my maniac. Better watch bank, a bank on my maniac.
1: All right, all right. Just a little gold, lick, gold link break. Playing some maniac. I'm just trying to, I'm going to try to go live. I feel calm. I didn't have that much coffee today. I'm learning to get some balance. What up, everybody? You're listening to Mic'd Up on Ohm. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden. I'm broadcasting live from the Ohm Radio Studios, which is located right here in, um, at, at Workshop. At 1503 King Street Uh, We just got off the phone Had a great 30 minute conversation uh, With um, a bad bad woman (laughs) Taisha Aiken um, Of uh, Ruffin, South Carolina She's a grassroots activist um, As many of you Uh, She uh, got her start or was repoliticized, I believe, you know, following her time in the military and establishing her life as a mom and whatnot. And she even worked with um, the late uh, Muadin Dabaha. Uh, Everyone knows that his his fame, his his claim to fame of being one of the most vocal uh, activists here in Charleston. Someone who definitely moved um, in the same circles as uh, Black Lives Matter uh, activists throughout the country. Uh, so Muhadine, of course, passed away a couple a few years ago, um, may he rest. But she is like just she's she's picked up the mantle. I don't even want to say she picked up the mantle because she's kind of got her own thing, right? <laughs> I don't want I don't want to ever act like you know she was mentored by someone else, especially by a man. Um, um, but but basically, she definitely has paid tribute to her friendship with Muhadine through the work she currently does in Carlton County. I mean, I sat I sat on her couch and just heard her rattle off so many interesting statistics. She likened the current status of black folk living in Colleton County to a a modern day jim crow uh and quite honestly i don't think that's hyperbole i think she's spot on when she says that um so it was it was interesting to sit with her and hold space with her but it was also um it was sad it was sad um to see how much disinvestment it's the uh where she resides is within the corridor of shame so if you know anything about um the corridor of shame in south carolina if you know anything about some of our linkedin officials that been in office for quite some times it's the 90s and material conditions haven't really improved for um, black folk down there and um, she's doing what a lot of folks just can't afford to do because this is a a right to work state so when you speak up you'll lose your job you can lose a lot of things and she has put a lot on the line Um, she's lost a lot she's lost a child she's lost a certain freedom of movement um, some peace uh, her safety's been put at risk. So shout out to Taisha. What she did was not easy. Even coming on to my show um wasn't easy because you know she's potentially exposed. All right, so right now I'm gonna shift gears a little bit or a lot of bit and we're gonna talk. I'm on live. I hope anyone who just happens to stumble across my live. I'm I'm horrible at social media lately. No strategy. Just go on when I want, post what I want when I want. Um and yeah, so today we're gonna talk about uh the local governments, uh the local officials uh Reaction, response to the coronavirus. Uh, yeah, I've been given... Um, I know no one really follows me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, but I've been given um, uh, our honorable uh, mayor... And I say R because I work and I, and I play in Charleston. I don't have a mayor in Wadmalaw. I live in Charleston County, though. But, um, yeah, giving our honorable Mayor Tecklenburg, uh, uh, you know, a couple of lines or two, some numbers and whatnot. Just really... Uh, really just want a better response the coronavirus is is about to if it hasn't already for so many marginalized communities is about to uh put this city uh paralyze the city the coronavirus is apt to really disrupt so much we see the festivals we see sports uh sports events we have the nba the ncaa tournament um golfing events uh uh mlb uh all of these sports um, or organizations have canceled or postponed or suspended their leagues uh, locally. We've had, um, you know, some, some closings here and there. I went to Harris Teeter and Trader Joe's this morning around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And when I tell you it was a madhouse in these stores, when I tell you that the toilet paper wasn't on the shelves, I was able to grab about three or four packs of, uh, of toilet paper, not trying to hoard, but just to ha- trying to have some things. Um, the grocery stores were swamped. Uh, the, the cashier at Trader Joe's mentioned to me that yesterday, Thursday, was a record day in sales. Uh, and that's just the, the little everyday inconveniences. But the but this coronavirus and the lack of testing currently going on, and also this uh, city, what it likes to do is, I think Charleston likes to pretend to play possum, like this like little forgetful, sleepy town. Like This is Mayberry. But I had to remind folks that this is a major metropolitan city. Uh, Charleston surpassed Columbia a few years ago for the for the state's largest city, largest meaning by population. Also, we know that seventy three million tourists come and visit Charleston annually. Um, uh, also, we you know we know that uh, three thousand uh, uh, cruise goers or whatever you call them. <laughs> Um, you know, disembarked yesterday from a cruise line and just just went on all all around the city. And there were no precautions put in place outside of what the cruise line was, I guess, legally um, legally uh, supposed to do, which was take people's temperature. But there were no health screenings. There were no coronavirus screenings. And in the city with, um, as, as Vanity Deedaville, my friend said, with a city with like, um, with MUSC's growing, ever-growing footprint, you would think that there'd be a, a more proactive response from the city to draw upon these resources from this huge entity that is MUSC and all these other medical hospitals those medical um, um, institutions, Trident Health, Roper, St. Francis, MUSC, you would think there'd be a better response. Now, I will say this, following this reporting very closely, I was very pleased by uh, what MUSC has put in place in terms of they just opened, uh, I was watching on the news last night, they just opened a, like a drive through clinic. For those who I guess have a relationship with that network, or or, are who have a uh, note from a doctor, or if you go to a doctor within the MUSC network, um, you're able to go drive through the West Ash, the New West Ashley um, Citadel Mall complex, and get you know get get swabbed, drive in, get swabbed, and you're able to exit. um, uh, And then you know they'll go run your test, send it to I believe DHEC. Um, so it was great to see MUSC being at the forefront of that. And they, I believe in two weeks, they'll have, I guess, even more t- testing capabilities and whatnot. And the question that I posed was, well, we need folks who are uninsured. We need folks in rural areas. We need all kinds of folks. Um, we need to make sure that they're able to have access to testing. I'd like to see the city of Charleston, given this huge tourism, I'd like to see them be more proactive when it comes to shutting things down, um, and not waiting until their hand is forced either federally or from the from the state, uh from the highest levels of state government. But understanding that um we just saw Governor McMaster make headlines at, on uh, Esquire uh, magazine for all the wrong reasons, he's very laxadaisical when it comes to responding to the coronavirus. I believe he's just from that camp that um, believes that this is just you know folks are just overreacting so instead of being proactive um, you know the governor just decided to just wing it uh, so you know I would love to see the um, the city be more proactive what I'm going to do for those who listen to this show via podcast um, so if you listen to the show on SoundCloud and on iTunes within the show notes of, e- of this episode, I'm going to include very important links, links to the Understand SE podcast. The episode that uh, debuted this week, I believe on Wednesday, was extraordinarily uh, comprehensive and full of important information regarding uh, what you should know about the coronavirus and about um, our local response. I'm also going to include um, some links to just some recent reportings, uh, the Mayor, Mayor Tecklenburg's response. To the coronavirus, um, as as recently as last night, I've been refreshing, and um, searching for more news, more maybe updates. I understand. I think as as of right now, um, that there are only what twelve cases of coronavirus. There are like like six confirmed and six suspected. Sus- uh, suspected. Um, the Post and Courier has unlocked a lot of this coverage and taken it from behind the paywall. Um, So there is a tracker that you can track in in real time, um, all of the documented cases. We know that this initially, the initial case here in South Carolina, I believe, took place um, or occurred in Camden. And it was with someone who did not travel abroad. Um, and, And I hope I know it's a holiday weekend for some, but I really do hope that those who are listening to the sound of my voice, who don't really feel the immediate impacts of the virus as someone who has two uh, elderly roommates being my parents um, I live in a multi-generational home um, my parents are both 80 and 70 right so they have compromised they, they're, they're at risk and I just had to my dad was very ill this week um, he was ill had the sn- stuffle the snuffles or sniffles he had the sniffles had a little cough he was wheezing at night as he slept and both my mom and I we were like whoa is this you know is this a a casualty of coronavirus. Um, and so we actually took advantage of the MUSC virtual screening. I would prefer to have seen I have him see a doctor, but we understand that they're keeping folks with symptoms away from the um away from the emergency room and and doctor's offices so you won't infect other folks and uh, we did do the screening i took his temperature on my own with our thermometer at home and he basically just has a chest cold and so i was very relieved and i hope that is the right diagnosis again this was a virtual screening but um i live with with elderly folks so it's not just about me bouncing back. It's about what I might bring home to them. So it's important that I even restrict my movements this weekend. Um, uh, shout out to, uh, organizer Leslie Mack in the neighboring state, North Carolina. Leslie Mack is an amazing organizer. She's always at the forefront of like, either like a natural disaster recovery or just basically looking out for black people, especially black women. And Leslie, along with so many other women. They happen to be, uh, former surrogates and supporters of, uh, Elizabeth Warren. I just want to bring that up even though we're a nonpartisan radio station. <laughs> but yeah, all these dope organizers seem to seem to be the plug when it comes to um resources. So I'll also post links throughout the weekend on all my social media platforms, but also in the show description, uh links to um resources for those who will be Most impacted, most affected by um, by the coronavirus, by the closings, if if the schools close. Right. Um, If there's virtual learning for college campuses, for college students, um, for these, um, you know, our city is buoyed by um, uh, hourly workers who keep this tourism industry what it is. They they on the on their own backs, they bring in the billions that makes this city gleam and glisten and look so pretty and make make it to the top of these best lists. So, um these hourly workers will be the first ones. You know, what they used to say, um uh, when when, um, when the world, when the country gets a cold, black America gets the flu. So that's the same about, and that's an old saying, but that's consistent with a lot of marginalized communities, be they communities of color or communities that are in rural pockets. Um, you know, not just black communities, our immigrant communities, those who speak, um, who don't speak English and um, are trying to navigate our medical or health system and have to do so with extreme caution, um, given their status or just given, um, just the, the, the nuances of belonging in that community, these are the folks that are going to really feel the impact. They might be um, the good thing about being rural right now; it might save you from a lot of that community spread or th- the threat of community spread. So, folks like on Wadmalaw or whatnot, if you stay home and and, and just kind of like Netflix and chill out, right? Um, and as hashtag flatten the curve, um, you know we'll we'll probably be a little bit okay, right? But uh, eventually coronavirus will make it make its way to rural communities and those are the communities especially in south carolina that face significant challenges those who face challenges in terms of access and care we know that when governor Mickey, nikki haley uh excuse me <clears throat> former governor nimrata when she um refused to expand medicaid and when also her um successor McMaster continuously started to just assault and put more place more restrictions um at the behest of Verma Seema Seema Verma excuse me whatever her name is um at the uh, in the Trump administration. Um, you know, these these hits to Medicaid really hurts black folk. It really hurts people in rural communities. We had um, we had the Medicare for all team uh, here on air a few weeks ago. They talked about the hospital closings. Nick's, Nick quoted about four hospitals, four rural hospitals closed. So imagine what kind of care people don't have. And so I did a virtual screening with my fa- with my father. Now you you're gonna you're gonna need internet in some instances to conduct that screening. I use my phone. That's not always reliable on Wadmalaw. Um, we lucked out, uh, and and just so happens that our our Wi-Fi our internet service on Wadmalaw is reprehensible, and we're trying to figure it out figure out what the best step is for us. So just imagine, you know, in in, in a state like South Carolina that lags behind in so many areas like connectivity. You know, Internet connectivity, like with access to health care, um, like with the epidemic that was the HIV AIDS epidemic. Um, you know, we have issues with domestic violence. So there are women that might have to self-quarantine. There's Hey, (laughs) Chrissy, there are people that might have to self-quarantine. There are people that have to stay in unsavory situations, just like during a hurricane. Folks who can't flee, not because they don't care, not because they don't want to leave, but because they can't. And and there are going to be some folks who are sick as a DOG dog and will go to work because they can't afford not to work. And, and as we see, um, Charleston, and uh, I will give it to Mayor Sumney, he kind of cracked down on the um, St. Patrick's Day Parade. And just for my like sanity, I'm so happy he did that because that was off the wall. That's always off the wall in Park Circle. So he shut that down. However, we know that McMaster, he's planning on attending the Greenville um, St. Patrick's Day Parade. and. Uh, it looks like Charleston is still they, they canceled the Volvo open. They canceled some PGA, some some golf tournaments that are coming up. Um, but as it stands, there are a lot of events still taking place. I want to say shout out to the folks working the Black Expo. Those are my people. I have people that I know who are tabling at, at the Black Expo who will have booths. Um, I'm praying for my people. I don't want the Black Expo shut down. Let me be clear. I don't want anyone's event to be shut down, but I do. I really wish that the city did something and had something in place so I felt safer. Like if they would invest in certain like wash stations for the events that are still going to go on, or if they were, you know, ordering uh, some safety kits to hand out to everyone who attends certain events, or. If they had like a PSA that came up, you know, I really wish that I would saw more. I understand there's a lot of things still in the works. I understand that there are some monies that the governor just made or just authorized to be free. But I know that hourly workers, people of color, black Gullah Geechee folk in rural pockets, people who speak, who do not speak English, immigrant communities... OK, undocumented folks who make this city what it is, they're going to be at risk. And we need to talk about that as often as possible. Yesterday, I called the the mayor of Charleston and I encourage you all, just like Taisha did in the previous um, half of the show. Challenge power. Stop having, stop just having folks just go along with how things are. The status quo is not OK. I know this is a fun city. It, I, I have fun in the city a lot. I love going to rarebit when I want. I love going to restaurant hopping or bar hopping if I want. I love this city. That's why I chose to live here. But we have to understand that what makes this city so special is something. It's it's the people that make it special. It's the culture that makes it special. It's the people working in those kitchens. I'm at workshop right now, and I speak so frequently to the men, the black men who work back in workshop, who bust the tables, clean the floors who wiped down I saw him wiping down the countertops keeping service surfaces all clean and, and disinfected. those are the folks that are going to be impacted most by this so i I encourage you all to to holler at your boy Tecklenberg. I know we you know, we made it a little hot for him. He had a runoff during his election. Um, I hope y'all don't elect him for a third term. I hope y'all don't turn him into another Riley. Please don't, because 40 years of one man in power, uh, multiple terms of one man in power is not fair. It's not equitable. And it's going to lead to some sort of rigidity that's going to really um, going to hurt um, this this community. And for those who support the mayor, that's just my opinion. Um, I stand by that. I don't believe that people should just be in office forever uh, at all. Um, I think that that tenure is a problem, and that goes for Clyburn as well. That goes for some of the elected officials that uh, Taisha was referencing, either directly or indirectly. We have to start challenging power. It's okay to say, hey, you know what? You did good here, but A, B, C, D, E, F, G, they work for you. Stop the whole thing of like, hey, that's my mayor. He's a guy in power, and we just wave to him at a parade. He works for you. Start asking for what you deserve. Start asking for his his promises for him to come, uh, to for him to fulfill his promises, and make sure that he's responding adequately to this coronavirus outbreak. This is a pandemic. We cannot trust. Shout out to D Alessandros, Um, the homie always uh, goes back and forth with me on Facebook um, when I post things and articles, and um, you know, he mentioned you know we can't we can't rely on our federal government. And regardless of how you vote or what you believe in and, and, and ideologically, I don't care about that. We know for a fact that the United States dropped the ball when it came to testing, making testing accessible, um, uh, get spreading the right information, accurate information. Uh, we have a president. And this is not even a matter of opinion. We have a president that routinely lies in front of every single camera and microphone that's placed in front of him. We've got certain newspapers that won't hold him accountable. Um, so we can't trust the government, to the federal government. We have to start putting pressure on our local elected officials. And again, tying it back to Taisha, Taisha is in a city, or in a county rather, where the people in power are just doing crazy things. Uh, there's a guy who was sheriff who got indicted on 15 counts of of nonsense indicted someone who was in a position of power and I'm not saying that McMaster's corrupt or did anything to that level of corruption what I am saying is that you have to check power because when you don't it does things like that there was another headline that that came across my phone before I came on air um you know uh someone we love in Florida I kind of don't even want to say his name but let me keep it fair and equitable Andrew Gillum got caught up in something got caught up in something I don't know what I, I didn't read the whole thing, but it was methamphetamines. It was a hotel room. Ooh child, you know, um, he's not an elected official currently, but he's someone who definitely had political ambitions and so when you see what what happens to powerful people, sometimes they enjoy power a little too much, and they take certain liberties you no matter how much you like a person, you've gotta hold them accountable, and that goes for our the mayor. let me stop saying r well, I'm gonna say r let me say r it goes for our mayor. Mayor Tecklenburg, it goes for our mayor, Mayor Sumney, and any other mayor you want to name. And I want to see more action. I want to see more proactive measures taken to contain this. I want to see, instead of you telling people that it's okay, go out and enjoy the bars, encourage them, you know what, if you don't have to be out, stay home. It's not just about washing hands. And for those who are on the front lines who are are anxious, those who may be teachers who may be college students, those who um, might have a mama who, you know, bust her butt uh, turning down beds at one of these luxury hotels. And you don't know if her check's going to be interrupted or or somebody's mama who works at the university and their checks is going to be funny. I want y'all to just sit, sit and find healthy ways to meditate. On what this all is. Take your time. You can always reach out to me, and I can link you to more resources. If there's anyone that's struggling with mental health and anxiety right now, I encourage anyone listening to me to please reach out. I'd love to just try to find the right resources and just support you. Um, yeah, let's let's hold each other up right now. Let's let's start living like we did back in the day in Gullah communities. Let's start lifting up um, each other, and let's start cooking for each other and, and growing food and, and giving away food that we grow and really just holding space for each other. That's that's what Gullah folk have always done. So until next time, y'all, please be careful, be safe, flatten the curve, Netflix and chill this weekend. Be safe, stay black.